What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, welcome back. We got a very special guest on this week's Don V Fridays. We got a legend. I ain't, the first le- the first legend I ever had on the podcast. Had plenty of guests, but never no legend. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm humbled to uh to even be speaking to this man. Can you introduce yourself to the good people? I I don't know if I'm quite a legend, man. I I like to think of myself as a humble servant of, of the people. You know what I mean? But uh, I have accomplished some cool things in my lifetime. This is Brendan Hill, uh, former. Virginia Tech football player, former DJ for the Washington Wizards, and, uh, you know, um, yeah, man, Nooper News, Virginia, born and raised. Nooper News, 757. Man, when I say you a legend, you're not just a Virginia Tech legend. You're a Peninsula District legend, too. I I feel that. And, and, you know, the, the cool thing about that, man, is, like, anybody who doesn't know what the Peninsula District is, and like I grew up watching Ronald Curry, you know what I mean, and Allen Iverson, and Bobby Blizzard, and Muffin Curry, and Antoine Womack, and you know so many great goats that I just grew up inspired by them, and then it, it translated to me, you know, wanting to leave my mark on the Peninsula District, uh, and that led me to Virginia Tech too. So um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm in great company, man, and sometimes. I'm not one of those people who like to toot my own own horn. So sometimes I don't even realize how other people view me in the landscape of things. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding at the end of the day. It is what it is. So No, nah, trust me, you solidified in them Peninsula District streets. I'm going to tell you how solidified you are. Uh, you play you played at Ward High School. Um, yep. I might got my years wrong, but what year was it y'all played Phoebus in the playoffs? Was that 2001? Or 2000. That was that was that was my senior year, so that's 2002. 2002. I was at that game. Yeah, so that I was, was 01, was, fall of fall of 01. But yeah, the, my okay. graduation 2002. Yeah, fall of 01. Yeah, I was a I was a youngin at that game, sitting on the ward side because you know how Darling Stadium, you either sit on. Yeah. You, you can't. It ain't like Todd where you could just walk around and switch sides. You right. like, when you go to Darling yeah, Stadium, you got to choose. And I'm from, you know, I'm from Newport News. I was like, look, man, I got to ride. I got to ride with one. Even though I'm a Mitchville alum, to the ones that don't know, I went to Mitchville. And, uh. That's crazy you came to that game to support us, man. Because, you know, looking back on it, um, you know, they changed the playoff rules not too long after I graduated where they started letting dang near anybody into the playoffs. When I was in school, the year before, we we went eight and two. We lost to. The state champions, we lost to Heritage, barely, and we lost to Hampton. We we went eight and two and didn't make the playoffs. So yes. and then my senior year we went seven and three and did make the playoffs. So you know, I wish we had the format that they have nowadays, but um Peninsula District football is legendary, man. So I appreciate you even remembering that. 
Yeah, oh yeah, I was at that game. I wanted y'all boys. I wanted y'all boys. I wanted y'all boys to pull it out for the city for real. Um, we we won't we we honestly bro, we weren't even ready, dog. Like in the grand scheme of things of like because I got hurt our first game of the year against Oscar Smith, and this is before Oscar Smith became yeah. who they became, but they were on the verge. They had a guy named Rob Parker on that team who got a scholarship to tech with me that year. He was a receiver. His brother is Greg Bo- he's Greg Boone's brother. So oh, okay. um Rob started that kind of that pipeline of Oscar Smith players, but long story short, I got hurt the first game against them. I hurt my knee. Coach Cab was there. I think Coach Steinspring was there. I I hurt my knee. I like that summer before and I don't know if we can get into all this, but you know the craziest part is Mike Vick was Mike Vick at that time, right? So yeah. Absolutely. Number before our senior year, ESPN magazine did a story on Marcus and I. Um, they followed us around to um, to camp. You know, we went to Maryland camp, we went to UVA camp, and I think we we had one more camp stop that we might have like backed out on or something. We were just ready to come home. Yeah. Um, but long story short, ESPN did a mag. You know like feature on us and this one ESPN the magazine had just started so on the show we you know our heads are kind of big and then I get hurt the first game and then it's like all right well the rest of the season we just trying to kind of like keep it together and then by the playoffs I don't even really understand me thinking back on I didn't even really understand what was at stake because we went into that game not focused like we should have been you know what I'm saying because we had beat Phoebus Early yeah. in the year. So, like, I remember that. took them for granted. Yeah. It, it's one of my regrets to this day that, like, and DJ Parker, Zay. Uh, oh, yeah, Elin, that Phoebus team. That Phoebus team was stacked. Yeah, Eli Lewis was a freshman on that team running, you know, in yeah. cleanup duty. So, and, and for those that don't know, Eli Lewis broke record. Is one of the, a yeah. legend, a legend out of the Peninsula District. Absolutely. Yep. Elin came to Tech, and it didn't quite work out well for him at Tech just because, a lot of people felt like he put so many miles on his body at Phoebus that Yeah, before know, he even got there, yeah. Yeah, but by the time he got to tech it was a little harder for him to um to break through. But Elon was a great high school player and they won that started their state championship run. They won so and the year before we lost to Heritage who won the state. The next year we lose to Phoebus in the playoffs, they won the state. So that just shows you the strength of our district right there. You know what I mean? And oh, Hampton yeah. was always Hampton, but um yeah man, it was good times, good memories. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the P D for the you know, 'cause I think the rest of the state they get mad. We always seven five seven, seven five seven. But in them times the seven five seven was real. Like you had to be built different to survive in those seven five seven days. But um man, yeah. What was playing for a legend like Tommy Reeman like? Man, Coach Raymond, like, playing for your dad, honestly, like, you know. So my story is I went to Bethel um, my freshman year. I played JV. We went undefeated. We, like, you know, we were balling, right? And I'm on JV. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coach Khan, who was a legendary high school coach, and Coach AI, Coach Iverson, mm-hmm. um, he was still there at the time, but he had, like, some – off the field issues um, that he was dealing with. So our sophomore year, we get a new coach who happened to be my, like, PE teacher. He was the assistant varsity coach, but he took over for 
Coach Collins. And I played as a sophomore in varsity, but I was playing like tight end. Like it was just hard for me to, you know, break through. And I started looking at the landscape of things, and I was like, eh, this ain't looking. I go. I grew up a college football fan. You know, that's why I like okay. following you and. I love talking about college football because pro fo- we didn't have a pro team down here, you know what I'm nah, saying? But yeah, yeah. also, like, pro football was always boring back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when, when I grew up, you watch, you got to watch, like, Danny Werfel and the Florida teams and Pete yeah. Ward. You know, like, you, you got to watch Ohio State. Play. Like, it was just more exciting. So, I grew up wanting to be a college football player, so I'm looking at the landscape of things. Um, and I'll never forget my high school principal at Bethel told me, like, you should um, read what they call now reclassified. Like, you should go back a year because I was a young senior. Like, I, I graduated high school at 17. So okay. I, I didn't do that, but my mom was getting ready to buy her first home, and she was like, I'll let you choose which district and which house we move into. So it was between Hampton High School, who at the time, Jimmy Williams was there. He's one of my childhood friends. One of the goats. Um, yeah, one of the goats to tech. Um, another PD legend. So he's at Hampton. You know, Han- Mike Smith is at Hampton. Ronald Curry went to Hampton. Is Hampton is Hampton, right? So like, yeah. I and, and they had a history of like guys transferring to Hampton. So um, Carlos uh, Campbell who went to Notre Dame. Uh, Derek Fenner transferred there. He ended up going to Maryland. Like. Um, you know, people, if you wanted to go to college, you went to Hampton, right? Yeah. So Marcus Hagan, Marcus Hagan's transferred there. Um, so long story short, Big E transferred there, Elton Brown transferred. Like, everybody went to Hampton if you wanted to get to school. So i never forget, I went to um, – so the houses were either Warwick or in Hampton District. So my mom graduated from Warwick, ironically, right? And she was like mm-hmm. a standout athlete at Warwick. She – ran track and she played basketball so work was already you know in our family bloodline or whatever and then um my AAU basketball coach coached at Ward so and then I went to a Hampton and Ward football game and at the time Marcus was playing wide receiver he wasn't really no. playing quarterback he kind of no. like rotated in at quarterback but he played varsity he played wide receiver he was dynamic and um I remember looking at the quarterback situation at the time I was a receiver, so I'm like, shit, I need the ball. Like, and <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need I need somebody who can give me the rock. Hampton, Marcus Higgins was the quarterback. He was getting ready to leave. Warwick had Marcus Vick, who was getting ready to – and this is like Mike is kind of doing his thing, but Mike isn't – I think this is Mike's freshman year. Like, he's yeah. a sugar bowl. So, but, you know – Tech didn't come on the scene, and Mike didn't come on the scene really until they got to like eleven and zero or ten, and, like till late. Yeah, you're right. Season. Especially in the People city, like paying. the buzz. That's when the buzz came into the city. You're right, though. Yeah, it didn't happen until like, oh shoot, he up for the Heisman. They playing for the national championship. Like what? So, um, long story short, I uh, I went to that game. Me and my mom. My mom took me to that game. It was that time. And I watched the game, and I think Ward lost, but, like, it was, you know, Ward was competing. And the uniform looked like Florida State. So I was like, dang, they look sweet. They all got the white cleats and da 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 So I'm like, all right, bet. Well, you know, I want to go. I want to move to that district, right? So my mom yeah. buys the house at, in that district, and my life changed. You know what I mean? Like, 
that you know, uh, Coach Raymond. I, I transferred doing after football season, so um, it was basketball season. So I played basketball, but Coach Raymond took to me like right away. He was just a father figure, and um, Marcus took to me right away. Me and Marcus hit it off. We went to science class together, and you know, we we became close friends right away. And like, you know, they needed. They needed, you know, they weren't going to turn down firepower, so I became nah. a new kid on the block. And, you know, that next year, you know, we went, like I said, we went 8-2. and two. Um, You know, Melvin Massey was our senior. He went to UVA, played, like, linebacker, defensive tackle. Um, his his uh, uncle is Ray Savage, who played at UVA and played at Mitchville and coaches at Mitchville now. But, um, yeah, Coach Raymond just – Coach Raymond knew – like he he man, we don't have enough time to even talk about Coach Raymond. Like a, a legend, a legend. Of, of what he and what he did himself. Like so, he came out of Newport News and he went to junior college in Kansas and then ended up at Missouri and then ended up with the Chiefs, like playing in the league for a little bit and ended up in a movie North Dallas Forty where he was an actor for a little bit in Hollywood and all that all this, but then. He came home and he groomed Aaron Brooks and put Aaron Brooks and then he groomed Kwame Lasseter, who ended up going to the league. And then so many other people, Dominique Banks, who went to uh, Delaware, and then B2 Harris, who went to ECU. Um, he put Michael Vick at Tech. He put Joe Wilson at Tech. He put Andre Harrison at Tech. These are all before me and Marcus even, you know, come out because Raymond knew but he knew how to talk that language he knew how to you know finesse these college coaches and say well if you want Michael you got to take Dre and, and, and oh, yeah. you know Joe you, you know like if you if you want Marcus you got to take Brendan and you got to you know you these are my boys you got to take care of you know what I mean and he he wasn't afraid to play that that game back then you know what I'm saying and a lot of sometimes people overhype these kids and I'm like sometimes bro if I had stayed at Bethel, I probably don't go D1. I probably end up at Hampton University or Norfolk State, you know what I'm saying, somewhere like that, and no knock to those schools, but it wasn't my dream. So, like, for me to end up going to Warwick, linking up with Marcus, Michael's taking off when he took off, Coach Raymond already having kind of uh, reputation and him being, you know, it, it was just a, a dream, man, honestly. And, and we did some great things, and, I'm still close to his son, Tommy, who was on Virginia Tech staff last That's, year. I was going to ask you that, too. Uh, yeah. Were you close with Tommy Jr.? That's good. That's dope. Yeah. That's yeah. Dope. Tommy, so so uh, funny story. We, um, our our sophomore, no, our junior year, Mike had his pro day because, you know, the Sugar Bowl was our sophomore year. Yeah. And the next year, Mike came, had to come back to school, and they went to the Gator Bowl, and he kind of hurt his ankle, blah, 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 but, like, Coach Raymond took us up to – it was spring practice and Mike's pro day. So me, Marcus, Coach Raymond, and Lil' Tommy drive up to Blacksburg. And at the time, you know, we don't know where Mike – you know what I mean? Like this is all in the in the scope of what was happening. We don't – I don't know what, what the big deal is, right? Like I don't yeah. – like I don't see the bigger picture, but um, the Chargers were there and the – Falcons were there, and like we got to watch Mike go through his pro day workout, and we we got to visit with watch spring practice, and we you know stayed up there, and you know when when you coach Michael Vick and he took us to the 
sitting them to the national championship, you got a green light on whatever you want down there at Tech. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, big, we, we big went clout. up there. And, yeah, big clout. So we went up there, and, and that was the beginning of, like, like I said, like that five-star kind of treatment because everywhere we went after that, like that next year when we went to UVA or we went to Junior Days or whatever, you know, people wrote ESPN the magazine. HBO came and filmed our senior night. Like we we were just in the middle of something that, like I said at the time, I can't find one of those ESPN the magazines right now. But like Tyson Chandler was on the cover and like it was a big deal. And Bruce Feldman, anybody who follows college football, Bruce Feldman wrote the article. So Bruce Feldman has gone on to become like you know, one of the biggest college football reporters. I think he works for the Atlantic now. Um, but he wrote the article, you know what I mean? So, like, Bruce hung out with us when we were 15, 16 years old. And like I said, in the in the vacuum of those moments, you don't realize, like, damn, bro, like, y'all you boys, know. Y'all boys definitely had the juice because in the city, especially downtown New Penus, where I'm from, like, we looked at y'all like, we looked at y'all on the same level as celebrities. Like, oh my, that boy, man, them boys up there getting it. So yeah, it Bro, was that. It, even like, if, he not, even he not, he not capping. Like it's real live. Like them boys are real live celebrities. And, and and even in high school, bro, and that's one of the things I look back on that I'm like, kind of ruined me a little bit. Not ruined me, but it, it, it added to my story because you couldn't tell me anything. You couldn't tell me shit. Like. Me and Marcus, Marcus got an Escalade in high school, and we, you know what I mean? Like, ESPN, the magazine was just with us. Like, you talking about girls. You talking, like, status in the city. You talking, Big you status. know what I mean? Like, Big like, bro, like I said, we was Mitchville. School, we was going to Mitchville, going to y'all games. Yeah, in high school, we were, we were them dudes. And, like like I said, in the, in the vacuum of it, I wish, like, I come from a single-parent home. It was just my mom, and my mom was always working. So family wise, I was doing this. I was I was a single child living this lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like I didn't have no rules, no you know, Coach Freeman would kinda of be there here and there, like tell me not to do this, not to do that. But like I was we went unchecked. Like we went to homecoming in a limo, you know what I mean? Like we we were just living it at a very young age and I think that gave me a taste of that like lifestyle that ended up kind of carrying over into my adulthood up until this point. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the, you know, one of the things that, that kind of sparked that, man. So, so, so you ended up going to Virginia Tech. Um, what was one, what was some of your best memories while, while going to Virginia Tech, playing at Virginia Tech? Uh, any stories or notes? Um, I mean, my whole experience there, man, like I got it, I got in a lot of trouble. And we got, I'm going to say we got in a lot of trouble, right? Because uh, I'll never forget Anthony, this offensive lineman named Anthony Davis. He played, he was a senior our freshman year. A lot of, we called him Debo, right? So he ended up playing, he played in the league for like the uh, Bucks. And, but my freshman year, these are our seniors Ron Yale Whitaker, Lee Mm -hmm. Suggs. Anthony Davis, yeah. like, these dudes played with Mike. These dudes played with, you know, some of the legends at Tech, right? So they got to see, they played with Engelberger, and they kind of, like, these these generations kind of overlapped, right? When yeah. they were the young boys in 96, 
maybe with Dwight Vick and like, you know, but they ended up being, well, maybe not that far back, but like they, they, they were the young boys. Right. And they ended up coming to prominence and being, you know, these very rough and tough personalities. So when we get on campus, the, the recruiting class before me is Brian Randall, D'Angelo Hall, Kevin Jones. Um, hey, legend. You know, th- these are the guys that that they got because of Mike, right? So Mike took off, and then it paid immediate dividends on the recruiting trail. Like mm-hmm. Kevin Jones comes, and D. Hall comes, and, you know, all these guys come, right? So we get there, and my class is Jimmy Williams, Aaron Rouse, Nolan Burchett, um, Daryl Tapp, you know, Jonathan Lewis, like we get, we, that state of Virginia that year had a great recruiting class. So long story short, they called us fresh mob from day one. <laughs> Cause we were, we were like, we were clicked up, like very tight. Like we, we all liked each other. We all hung with each other. We would drive home together. We would ride home together. We like, we were, so we got in, we, we would, we would get into stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's why I'm always on Twitter harping on, um, support staff for kids because it like when the coaches lead the office, you know the kids going it's Blackbird, bro. I'm bored. Like yeah. this is be- this is before cell phone. Yeah. So you know I'm broke. I'm bored. What can I get into? You know I'm from Newport News. Like I'm out here. This culture isn't my culture. I don't. I've never seen mountains and white folks like this and blah yeah, blah yeah. money. You know whatever. So we got into some trouble, but I think um, overall, man, like my memories from Tech was just family, though. You know what I mean? And, like, Coach Beamer was a great, you know, and even on my recruiting visit. So D. Hall hosted me on my recruiting visit, and me and him hit it off right away. Like, became best friends. He was, like, my big brother that I never had, like, right away. So D. Hall hosted me, and then – um uh Coach Cav, you know, like the yeah. coaching staff, Coach Reeman already knew him. So it felt like home. Like before they came up with that tagline, Virginia Tech felt like home to me versus like when I went on my visit to UVA and Al Grove still had some of George Welsh's players there. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a mix of guys who weren't bought into his regime. And it, it just didn't feel like he, he hadn't got his traction yet. So that's also yeah. why I understand – you know, what the pro, what Virginia Tech has gone through with Fuente now where they're kind of like purging guys out of the program and it's like, okay, now we have all of our guys and we can build a culture we want to build. Like, because we, we had that luxury where I walked into a coach, culture that Coach Cav had been there forever, you know, Coach Height had been there forever, Coach Foster, Coach Gent, like everybody had been there for a long time so you walked into a situation where it just felt like family and it felt like home and everybody knew their roles and their place and all that sort of stuff so overall man like I have so many great memories of like mainly my juniors and senior years where like um you know the Gator Bowl year the year with Marcus when Marcus came back even the year with Brian Randall man the first ACC championship like we didn't know you know once again, in the vacuum of that moment, we didn't know what that meant. Like, we we were happy as hell, but, like, looking yeah. back, it's like, damn, we only have one, four of those in, you know, 12 
know, maybe more than that, 14 years or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and that was the first one. So um, those three years, man, that three-year run from like, um, you know, that first year in the ACC and us playing USC to my senior year. And then even after that, like the Justin Harpers and the Eddie Royals and the Matos became family and like it it was still continuity like it it felt like I was still in school up until probably like Logan Logan left maybe or Logan oh, okay. like Logan like after that Logan Sugar Bowl after the Danny Cole Sugar Bowl and Dyra like that's when that's when I kind of it detached a little bit from the program like in terms of and I think a lot but that I don't know if that's normal where you're that close with like I was close with Stephon Steph Virgil and like all the young boys that came in when I was in school, Rock uh-huh. Carmichael, yeah, and all them dudes that, like I that crew. Yeah, I had to see them through their, you know, and Darrell is my little cousin, so when he committed, I oh, remember okay. helping I didn't even helping him. Yeah, me and Darrell are family and like I helped him train before he got to tech so that he could play as a true freshman because I I, I might have been out of school for maybe like two two years or something out of college and he was family we found out we were family right before he went to tech and I remember him and Tyrod and me went to like Hampton High and like I worked him out and taught him different route trees and releases and stuff and kind of helped his you know I feel like I helped his transition you know what I mean but oh yeah um I had to watch. I, I had to see all those guys, see, see Tyrod through, see um, Tyrell through, and then I kind of like pieced out. And that's ironically when the program kind of started going down too. Yeah, yeah, we it started, it started, it started tailing off. But uh, yeah, you also picked off Matt Stafford once. Man, uh, yeah, pick Matt. Yeah. I mean, like in the moment, you in the game, obviously, but like looking back, how did uh, you pick off a number one overall pick in the future, and at one point the highest paid NFL player in the league? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I have to give you the context of like that week, right? In the in the in the um, we're, we're playing in well, yeah, we playing in Atlanta, right? So you're talking Mike Baker's down there, D Hall is down there. Jimmy is down there. Yeah. Like, these are all my homies, you know what I mean, to an extent. Even when we played at Miami that year, Marcus was on the Dolphins. So, like, he came to the hotel and, you know, we linked up and different stuff like that. And, like, so we're playing in Atlanta and, and all of those guys are going to be at the game or they, you know, D Hall took us to dinner at Gladys Night. Uh, I didn't even eat the pregame meal that night because. We went to Gladys Knight's chicken. And I was accustomed to going to Atlanta because Jimmy had just got drafted down there, yeah. right? And D Hall. So my my like sophomore, junior year, like once KJ and D Hall went to the league, like bro, we were in the league down there. You know what I mean? Like we would yeah. we would go to Miami or we'd go to Atlanta and hang out at their crib or you know, Atlanta was like a five hour drive from Tech, so we would just hump it down the road, like me, DJ, Chris Ellis. Um, so we were hanging out in Atlanta. So Atlanta was like our second home, you know what I mean? Like I went to the Falcons game the first day. Like it was it just felt it was so comfortable for me. So I didn't eat the pregame meal. We went to Gladys Knights with, with D Hall, he pulled the uh Lamborghini or something he had out at the time. We went to Gladys Knights, ate there and then I 
went to the pregame dinner, but I didn't eat anything because it was like, bro, I just ate Gladys Knight. I'm good. You know what I mean? And then I yeah. went out. Mike, Mike, Vic, he gave us all, well, not all of us, but a good amount of us, his cleats. So, like, mm. he had the signature cleat at the time. Oh, yeah. So, if you look at the pictures, I'm wearing, but it's a funny story. So, his cleat had white on it. And the year before, because Vigman was always big on, like, uniform, like, everybody being uniform, right? Mm. And we never got super cool uniform swag or none of that. So, the year before, and the gate of, Jimmy was the biggest rebel, right? Like, Jimmy <laughs> was on everything. Jimmy was going to wear a visor. Like, the Gator Bowl, Jimmy wore a visor. But not only did Jimmy wear a visor, I wore a visor. Marcus wore a visor. We weren't supposed to wear visors. We uh. we, we, did, we we knew that bowl games, you could kind of, like, get away with stuff. So, we bucked, right? And yeah. I remember Coach was so mad after that game because Marcus – had the incident with yeah. Bill, and yeah, yeah, we but... were in personal foul. I got a personal foul in that game. Like it, it was just he was. We won it, and we won eleven yeah. games. But he was kind of upset at the way we we represented the school and stuff. So um, fast forward. Um, and, and not to cut you month, off, but the way y'all got portrayed, like in the newspaper and all that, was kind of bullshit, though. For real. Yeah, that was, they, that they, was they, lame like, how they portrayed it, though. Like, but but honestly, bro, I'm not even gonna hold hold y'all. Like, well, in terms of market stuff, yes. Like that was, you know, the, the media, the news, and even Jimmy had got in. Like, hey, you know, the news, the, the news gonna be the news. Like they gonna do what they do. So like, but in terms of our perception is like thugs on the field and different stuff like that. Like we didn't care about that shit because we actually were pretty like, like we were pretty thuggish, bro. Like we like like. And that's the thing that I I want this program to kind of get back to. And that's me and Flowers were talking about it, right? Like, it's, it's not that you can't. Like, Coach Beamer and them got on this trip where, like, they they wanted to start recruiting, like, choir boys, right? And it was like, bro, choir boys don't have the edge you need to be. They don't have the dog. So it's not a matter of not recruiting the dogs, it's a matter of just keeping a culture and an environment where, like, Nick Saban, like, I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure a lot of these players, and even Dabble, like, a lot of them dudes are knuckleheads, right? But, like, he, he it's controlled aggression, like, yeah. and they have enough support around them where they don't get in trouble off the field. So it's not that you can't recruit knuckleheads, it's just, you know, because knuckleheads are going to win games for you, like, flat out, bro. Like, Point you period, try yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you started recruit. We we won because we were some mean. I'm talking about our receivers, Josh Morgan, Josh Hyman, uh, Justin Hart. Like you go down the list, it won't no nice guys really on our team. Like maybe our offensive linemen, you know what I mean? Maybe some of them, but like a lot of them were dogs. Dwayne Brown was a dog, you know. Brian Schumann was a dog, you know. Like we we weren't nice, you know. And like yeah, and y'all y'all boys. Y'all boys, yeah. hey, y'all made us proud. I mean, and especially the seven five seven players. We used to always be back home, like, and they from the crib, dog. We used to love y'all boys, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. We worship so y'all get boys. back to your your story. Um, my senior year to get the the, the uh, Peace Bowl. So Coach Ball, who coached me at receiver before I changed positions, he is on Georgia's staff. Georgia had like a running back that went to Hargrave with Flowers and, you know, Harper and all of them. So, like, they knew some of the guys. So, we were, like, geeks. 
and we were home in Atlanta. So um, we did these cleats, and Coach Beer was like, nah, y'all can't wear those, like, because they got white on them. Like, they had a big, like, white on the side. So I took a marker yeah. and, like, colored the market, the, the white in. And basically, I wore them. I still wore them. And, like, I, and, and to me, that was exemplified kind of, like, my our attitudes, like bro, like we we would kind of rebel a little bit, you know what I mean? Like we weren't we weren't all choir boys. We would do what we were supposed to, but we still had an edge to it. So I wore those cleats in the game. I picked off Matt Stafford. We're up, you know, twenty twenty one three at halftime. And, and that's all I remember. I don't remember nothing else happening after that. Exactly. You ain't even got to go no further. Yeah, cool, cool, great. <laughs> we won that game. We won the so, game. It was but, a good night. But we were we were having so much fun, man. We we really enjoyed playing with each other. They they I hosted events on his recruit visit, like you know, so like our our camaraderie and our closeness as a team was like it was. It, and, and to me, that's why you haven't really seen you you need that type of closeness to win, bro. You know, like you you not going to get that far with a bunch of individuals. Like you got to all be on the same page about the same shit and, you know, for the same cause, you know what I mean? Like our families knew each other. Like we, we were, we were really a family, man, during that golden era. And that's dope. I mean, I mean, to transition to today's era of Virginia Tech and you've been vocal about the culture and, where we're headed. I mean, how you feel about Fuente today? After everything that went down with the transfer portal and the dismissals and the, all of that, how are you feeling going into year four with Justin Fuente? So I, I looked at, I, I looked at, let me say this first of all. A lot of people think that I don't like Coach Fuente or like I'm, you know, I, I think Coach Fuente is a solid dude, right? But, and I think he's a good coach. He's, he's a solid coach. I'm not going to rank him like, you know, he's not a great coach because he hasn't won, you know, a championship yet, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it, my my thing is not a him thing. It's a – you have to build around yourself, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that falls on the sword, but it might not have even been your fault, right? It might have been yeah. your offensive coordinator's fault or your strength coach's fault. Like the like the dude in Maryland who got fired. He didn't get fired because he was a bad coach. He got fired because the strip coach did some dumb shit. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, you're, the people you put around you can sometimes doom you. You know what I mean? And, you know, you have to – it's kind of like politics, right? Like Trump keeps people he trusts around him. Like he, if you aren't my guy, you aren't going to be here. Like you – and you can see that with the people that – um, Coach Fuente is hired. You know what I mean? They're they're they have loyalty to him, and they you know they're his guys. He can he can control them. He can trust them. Whatever, whatever. So heading into year four, I still don't like the it starts now thing that they did because I think like and and let me just say this like when I get on rants and shit, I rant about everything, right? Like I, I'm a I'm an equal opportunity fucking ranter. Like I was like. You go in. I, I go on my yeah. I go on myself. I go on whoever. Like I, I don't. I'm not going not rain on you because you. I played at Tech. You feel what I'm saying? Like yeah. So, um, in terms of Coach Fuente and what's going on, 
I just looked at the way they handled some of that stuff, and I was just like, bro, that's not – like, he's learning on the job, in my opinion. Like, like I would, I would rather it seems – and it's almost like I can't have an opinion on shit. Sometimes that's how I feel. Like, people hit me like, well, you should just be positive and not around. It's like, damn, bro. Like, but if I notice something, I should be able to say something, like, with my expertise. So I, I, I just noticed that it seems like institutionally there's a lack of control in some areas where the messaging isn't consistent or they're reactive to things. Like, they don't see things coming. Like, they knew them kids were going to transfer before they decided to transfer. Like, they could have put out – Coach Winston had to put out a statement. He don't even tweet. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, you could have just been ahead of it. And I'm, I'm sure they will be ahead of it in the future. But, you know, at the end of the day, bro, with the way social media and Twitter is set up now and everybody has an opinion and people can get stuff going, it's like, bro, I would have told my players, get off Twitter, don't tweet, especially yeah. about this. We're going to, you know, this is our message. I'm not going to make y'all decide, like, you know, this is the message we're going with, you know, and um, you know, we're going to rock like that. And and to me, it would have saved so much drama had it been done a different way. But at the end of the day, I'm not employed by them. So, you know, my opinion is just my opinion. But overall, I, I'm looking at 2020 as the year that there's no more excuses because Quincy would be a junior, Trey Hunter, Trey, Trey Turner would be a junior, Dax would be a junior. Like, you you talking like, Darisaw be a junior, you know what I mean? Like, you're talking, yeah. like, experience. ACC, at least ACC championship game. If, if you can't no, get bro, that. No, bro, no, no, no. We got to win it, dog, because, like, I'm, I'm, our fans. You think they can go further than that? They they have to go further than that. Not do I think they have to. Like, like you're talking about in 2020, it would have been a 10-year drought since we won a championship. Like. So you can't – and this would be your sixth year as the head coach. Like, bro, like, you have to win. Like, you not just win 10 games. Like, we need an ACC championship, bro, because we we were on the cusp of national championship. If Marcus comes back our senior year, oh, yeah. we, lost two ga- we lost two games my senior year. We probably win a national championship. You know what I'm saying? We play Ohio State and, and Ted Ginn and – um. What's my guy's name? Troy Smith. Uh, Troy Smith. Yeah. yeah, we played him in the national championship. If if Marcus is on that team, he wins us two 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 games. Like Sean was a young player, you know. Sean was who he was, but like we, I don't want our fan base to lower the the bar, bro. Like, dog, you got to win an ACC championship so we can start to try and win a national championship. That's, you you that's absolutely cool. right. Um, as far as twenty twenty, I just think. I don't know, man. Trevor Lawrence is gonna be a junior too, man. Clemson, them boys. Ooh, young. But, you, but 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 look look across the board. Like Caleb's gonna be a junior. Like like a four year junior. Like Bryce Watts will be a senior. You know what I mean? Like you just look across the landscape of our team, bro. Everybody's going to be experienced. So I like I'm not gonna give you a pass because Trevor Lawrence is good. You got to beat him. You gotta knock his ass off, or you never right, know right. what can happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you, you, you have to out coach them. You have to outplay them. Like fuck that. I'm not giving y'all a pass because to me, I think there's a guy out there in Oklahoma 
who's on that staff who understands what what it's about. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you know, I and one of the reasons I was so vocal, right, is because a lot of these guys won't say this shit. A lot of these guys can't say this shit because they care. They're they're more. It, it, if you thought it got heated when I said it, imagine if some of these other high-profile guys said some of the stuff I said. But oh, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't mean they aren't thinking it, and that, that doesn't mean it's not said in private. But, but fuck it. I'll be the one who – I'll be the guy like, shit, I ain't got no – you know, they don't pay me. Like, look, yeah. this is what I see. This is what's going on. This is so how you would, So you would like Shane back, Shane Beamer, you talking about? I would love, I, I would love, I, you know, no knock to Coach Fuente, much respect, but like Shane is my guy, bro. Like I met, I met Shane. I, I, I met Shane when he was coaching on Mississippi State staff versus Belster Croom, and you know he used to come to our bowl games, and like I, I just think his experience going to Georgia, going to Oklahoma, coaching under Phil Former, coaching under Steve Spurrier, coaching under Kirby Smart, coaching under Lincoln Riley, like. And he understands our – like, you don't think he would want to win a championship for his dad, bro? Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you don't think he would want to finish what his pop started and, like, bring us to the promised land? Like, like I, I – you know, I ain't going to – I don't want nobody to whatever, whatever. But, like, look, man. Like, buddy, buddy, have, have a couple more eight and four seasons if you want to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I absolutely feel you. Like, like I'm not a Fuente fan. Like, and it, it's not just about what he does on the field. Like, his whole steez about him. Like, I just don't rock with Fuente. I, yeah. I just don't. I just don't rock with him. Like I said, to from the outside looking in, it just seemed like the players look at him as a coach. They don't look at him as a family fig, figure or a father figure, yeah. a granddaddy. They don't look. At, they just look at him as a coach. He's he the well, boss. It, 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 yeah, he's the boss. Right, and and. Part of that, too, is, like, I said it, and I kind of sub-tweeted it, but I'm like, bro, if you aren't going be, going to be that guy, like, I'm sure Nick Saban is just a coach, right? But mm-hmm. he got he has people on his staff who do the other stuff, who have the, the soft skills, as they call it in business, like, that know how to massage. They they, they coach life. They're, they're the players' homeboys. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. they kind of – and that's the thing that I, I feel like if, if you – you got to have a pulse in your locker room, bro. You know what I'm saying? You you got to know who's who's your guy, who 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 your leaders are, who you can trust, who has your back, who's going to ride for you. And, you know, I I'm like if you cool Fuente, if you're not going to be that, put somebody around you who is not a position coach, who's just there to like be an extra fucking leader and an extra, you know, it's not a strength coach. Like, put somebody there that their sole job is to be a morale guy. And I, I used to always tweet about Bruce Garns, who's now on Buzz's staff, but that's what Bruce was for us. Bruce knew who got in trouble, who was dating who, who. Mm-hmm. Bruce knew everybody's fucking business. You know what I'm saying? But you could trust Bruce, too. You could go to Bruce. Bruce, I'm having trouble with this, this, and this. Like, and, and even Coach Belen, John Belen, who was our, you know, um, Coach Fuente hired a lady, Danielle, I think. Like, you know, you kind of need a, in my opinion, no knock to her, but, like, if she's going to be in that role, she has to be a mother. She has to be the of the locker room. She she has to do more than just, like, John Boleyn 
was more than just Coach Beamer's right hand man. He was he was the scout ahead of shit. Like John Belin mm-hmm. knew when, when somebody got in trouble with the police, they called Belin. When you know somebody had got in trouble in class, they called Belin. Belin handled all of Coach Beamer's dirty work. He was the assistant coach. You know what I'm saying? Like that. His job was just to manage. The, he was the general manager. You know what I mean? And he did a great. He and Bruce, they worked together. They did a great job of that with our teams. And I think Coach Fuente, if he's not going to be that guy, he needs to have that type of people, those type of people on the staff because that's what Clemson and Bama and these big money programs do. They have those people on their staff. So. They keep. They keep. Hey, yeah, you got to have a lot of. If you're gonna play bad cop, you got to have a lot of good cops around. Yeah, it's like a culture clash when it comes to some like the coaches and the and the players. Yeah, and and I don't know, man. I just I I've talked to I've talked to parents of the players. I've talked to former players. I've talked to former players who have transferred. I've talked to players that are on the team. I've talked to Hall of Fame players. I've talked to boosters. I've talked to so many people. And, you know, I'm getting a certain vibe that I'm like, they probably can't even. Sometimes when you're in it, you can't see the forest from the trees. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it takes mm-hmm. someone who is looking from the outside to be like, yo, you got, you know, it's cracking the foundation, bro. Y'all don't see it. but It's crazy you know, out like here. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, um you know, hopefully they get it together. I'm rooting for them, man. I'm never rooting against Tech. And a lot of people always feel like if you don't say anything positive, like you're, you're rooting against It's like, nah, bro, I can be honest. Like, this is my honest opinion. I don't care if you – my mother, I'm going to tell you what I think is the truth. You know what I'm saying? And, like, so be it, bro. Like, if you nah, don't we, like we, it – No, nah, we, like we need that type of honesty, especially this fan base because this is one of those fan bases that looks for any reason to try to just – take a turd and try to polish into something like no if something bad and something fucked up we need people especially voices like yours Dwight Vick and calling it out and we we need that because, type of honesty what would you about to say yeah. no I was just gonna say because I like I agree with you our fan base is very happy go lucky you know what I mean and that's one of the reasons like you know Alabama wasn't content when Mike Shula took over and different people. They 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 will get your ass up out of there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like if, you, if if Miami didn't had like five coaches since they national championship, like you know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't want us to become that place, right? Like I don't want us to um to be a, a fucking because you just we already are in a. A, a situation in our home state where we, we're having trouble keeping recruits home. But then, mm-hmm. you know, you you keep going through coaches, bro. We don't live in Florida. We don't. We are in Florida, so like Miami can keep and Florida can keep recycling because their brands are just just so big in that state and their yeah. their their footprint is so big. But you keep going through coaches at Virginia Tech, bro, and you're gonna look like UVA. You know what I mean? You're gonna look yeah. like you know Maryland, Nebraska, you know what I'm like. Yeah, like you know, Maryland is in the one of the best recruiting places, and they've gone through so many coaches because once Coach Friesen left, they just couldn't keep. You know, you can't keep turning over because you ruin relationships, you ruin the brand. You know, you can't keep slutting it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like 
you know, I, I just pray Coach Fuente. But I did some research. Like, a lot of people don't know. Like, bro, I don't – I try and talk from a place of knowledge, right? So I'm going to do my research. I did research. I wrote a whole article that I probably would never put out. But I, I, I spent a whole day, didn't eat, researching head coaches and what they all had in common. The last 13 national championships, there's been 20 national championships since 1998. Mm -hmm. I looked at at each of those coaches who won it. There's only been 13 of them. Only five of them are active coaches right now in college football. And I looked at what what did all these guys have in common, right? And what I found was they had been doing it for a long-ass time. Like Pete Carroll didn't win at you. Pete Carroll might have been in his – 30-something, 35th year of coaching before he won his national championship at USC. Uh, Bobby Bowden in his 30-something year in coaching before he won. Um, you know, but then not only was it the time thing, it was like, okay, who did they coach for? Damn, Larry Coker. You coach for you coach for uh, 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 Jimmy Johnson. You coach mm-hmm. for, you know, um, uh, I forgot who else he coached. He coached uh, Barry Sanders. He coached Thurman Thomas. Like, Okay, like, um, uh, what's my guy? Bob Stoops. Okay, you played for Hayden Fry. You you co- you played you coached under Steve Spurrier. Okay, like, damn, like, all right, like, and just go down the list. Gene Tizik, right? Like, you think Auburn, whatever. You yeah. coached the undefeated Auburn team. You coached uh, uh, the the national championship Texas defense. Like, okay, like, so I'm noticing like the the blueprint to find because I I looked at like that the American conference has become this league where everybody goes to be JV coaches and then they get a varsity job. And like, I'm looking at these schools and I'm like, bro, you're, you're going about it all wrong. Look for somebody who has been around and been affiliated with greatness and, and also somebody who has put in time. Right. So like, you know, Pete Carroll had coached at like twenty different places. You know what I mean? Like including coaching, the NFL. Pete yeah, Carroll. like yeah. Bounce, bouncing around, like coaching. You and when you do that, you get different ways of going about shit. Like you get you get different ways to handle people's personalities and recruiting, and you you know how to handle coaching against a different style. Because that was one of the things I looked at our team, and I'm like, bro, we didn't adjust. Like when 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 Josh went down. And we know our defense is kind of young and our offense is supposed to be our strength. Why don't you simplify the offense, get in the fucking high formation and pound the ball and do like Pitt did that. Pitt was getting their doors blown off and was like, Coach Narduzzi was like, Narduzzi was like, "Uh, all right, bro, I've been around football long enough. I remember, you know, I'm I'm not saying he said this, but I I can imagine. I remember in 1995 we had a team like this. I'm going to. You know, we're going to change some shit. We're going to do this. We're going to go our formation, and I don't care if we don't throw one pass. We're going to pound the rock, play good defense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. adjust. Like, and one the coastal doing it. Huh? And one the coastal doing it. Yeah, and don't – like, but that's the thing. Don't get your teeth punched in doing the same shit week in, week out, and you ain't – that's not fair to those kids. You're making too much money to let these kids roll out – Um. And and a lot of you know, so I tweeted out I tweeted this out and people hear this on your podcast, but I was like, Y'all would be surprised if y'all know what I did UVA week, right? And so for the past three years, 
I would hit the program like, yo, send me these pictures and I'll get them out to the former players so they can like post them and, you know, get the fans excited and get the players excited, you know. So I, that was my idea. If you ever saw guys posting their throwback UVA pictures and beat UVA, that was my Uh, idea, right? Okay. Breaking news on the Donovan Friday podcast. Then the next year, I took it a step further. Yo, I'm going to get a bunch of guys to send in videos about what this rivalry means. Um, and I got a bunch of guys that record themselves, send in videos to the team. They played the videos for the team. We beat UVA. That was year two, right? Mm-hmm. Year three. L- last year, I'm like, all right, what can I do? You know what I mean? What, whatever. I'm, I'm watching the whole season. This, last year might have been the season I was most invested. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro. Creed came out that week. I called one of the coaches. I won't say who I called, but I'm like, yo, take the kids to go see Creed this week, bro. Like, take them to go, you know, break it up, break up the, you know, energy and the shit. Like, take them to yeah. go see, you know, took them to go see Creed. What did that What did that game end up being like? A fucking heavyweight, oh, right. yeah. Rocky movie. And they, and they won it. And so for people who ever question my intentions and my – involved you know what I mean like bro I I want Wednesday I want this team to be successful dog like but I can tell that in a lot of ways they just you know personnel and diversity over there you know if you got every, if everybody over there thinks like you and doesn't bring something different to the table that's how you go and you have five straight weeks of getting your ass whipped you know what I mean yeah. or four hours you know what six, I mean like six and seven type thing yeah it's like bro you have to Break it up. Take the kids, you know, give them a day off. You know, you just try stuff, you know, but hopefully you're trying stuff from a calculated experience. Like Coach Beamer took us bowling one summer doing two-a-days or, you know, I'm I'm, I'm giving – he took us to the movies on Fridays. Like, I'm giving them stuff that I just know from, like, culture. Like, bro, you know, Creed is coming out. These niggas been up against the ropes. Everybody telling them they can't do this, they can't do that, they suck, this, that, and the third. They about to lose the streak. Brian Willis on Twitter talking about new profile pick and you just got your ass whipped the week before. Like, bro, like, focus. Like, bro, this shit is bigger than you. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so nonetheless, they ended up um, taking them to go see Creed. And that that game, I was sitting there watching that game with D-Hall and Emo, and we, I'm in there like, oh. Uh, he threw that one pick, and you know that game yeah. was one of the best games I ever have witnessed, bro. But like, it's it's just crazy how a movie ended up emulating what that you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, it was definitely it was definitely like a movie script game almost. It almost looked scripted. That's how, bro, how even emotionally the fumble, the, the fumble into the end zone, like bro, you couldn't the fumble for the game, like bro, that was one of the best games I've ever seen, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that, and we won. Yeah. And it facts, came, and it facts though. Out, so, huh? Facts, you helped us. I, but, but that's what I'm saying. When fans see me tweeting shit, they think that I'm like kicking on. And I'm just like, bro, trust me. I'm speaking from a place of like, like, you know, I kind of know what the heck I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I you kinda, definitely know your shit. You definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, so it's like, you know, don't come at me, you know, like I'm just downing these guys. I support the players a thousand percent because guess what? 
they don't get paid. They just there trying to make live their dream, right? So I never yeah. knock a player, you know what I'm saying? Unless a player does some, some crazy kind of in the loop, don't don't know what like I I would get on the quarterback when he's on Twitter because I'm like, bro, you don't understand what's at stake. Like it's UVA week. Don't be telling me about your new profile pic. Y'all just got blown out the week before. Get off the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like. And I would tell them that if I was around, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't, you know, I tweeted Willis. I was like, hey, man, uh, not sure if you know, it's a big week. Like, I gave him a, a very politically correct tweet at that week and was just like, hey, man, you know, great great, great game. But, you know, UVA, like, I, I tried to do it in a positive way, you know. But I'm just like, bro, y'all, y'all don't know how invested some of these former players are into your success and – if they want to be politically correct all the time and say the right things, I get it, bro. Don't, you know, you want to keep your image. But I, I, I got to call the state a state because this, it's, it's not, it's not what we built, bro. And if, you know, if it, if it falls, we all fall. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't man, the, the culture, the culture definitely needs you, man. The culture needs. When uh, this song podcast coming back, the culture needs you back, man. The streets, the streets demand this. Yeah, you said when is the Dennis Home podcast coming back? Yes, sir. Yeah, I don't know, man, because I, you know, like it. Some of them guys don't want to have those conversations, and I, I don't blame them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but so it's just tricky, and that's why I was happy to do yours because I'm like, shit, I can say what I. Yeah. I, oh yeah, get all your balls out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Get your balls on, but yeah, the streets, but, the streets need y'all back, man. The streets yeah. need it. And, the streets need these conversations because people don't be want to have it. People don't be want to talk real them. Yeah, they they just want to hear you know and and like I said to start with Coach Quinn, it might not even be him, bro. Like it might not be you. You might be the most amazing coach, right? Like you know, um, Urban Meyer was a great coach, but guess who got his ass fired? His assistant. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's 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 not always you know. Michigan's changing coordinators like Brian Kelly, perfect example, bro. Like he was like, I think Notre Dame went like four and eight. He was about to get it, get fired. I'm, he cleaned house, fired everybody. Got him up out of there. He got yeah. him up out of there. I got to change this because if I don't, I'm going down. And I feel like I understand the loyalty thing, bro. But when you look at, I, I challenge any fan to do this, right? Go look at. I don't know. Go look at the top four programs that played in the the college football playoffs last year: Notre Dame, Clemson, Oklahoma, and, uh, Alabama. and Alabama. And go look at their head coach, and go look at where he played college football, who he played college football for, and where he's coached, and how long he's been coaching. And then and and look at the uh, coordinators too. Look at the offense coordinator, defense coordinator. Look at their experience, who they coach for, how long they've been coached. And then come and look at your roster and your program and look at your coordinators and look at your head coach. Mm. And to me, because everybody likes to talk recruiting rankings, and I'm like, bro, you didn't have to give – like, you act like somebody forced you to give somebody a scholarship, bro. Like, coach them. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if they're two, three, four. They no stars. Walk on, coach them. You know what I'm saying? You make too much money to not like to just be like, ah, oh, you know, the kids, the kids, the kids. What, what, what do you get 
500,000 to do, Cornelson. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. you ain't innovated nothing yet. Like, can we get an eye formation? Can we get a fullback? Can we put people in the backfield at, in the eye and bring two tight ends in? And can we can we place Matt? Because that's the other thing I want to say. A lot of people think that Virginia Tech football is LPD, but they don't realize how physical and violent our offenses were, bro. Like, our running games and our tight ends and our linemen, like, our fullbacks, like, oh, Jerry yeah. Ferguson and Doug, he's like, we were – we were smash mouth to go along with smash mouth defense. And I looked at, at one point during our skid, I'm just like, bro, we are so finesse on offense. Like, this side to side, like, bro, punch somebody in the lineup, all this grit, hard, smart, tough, y'all talk, line up and punch them in the mouth and, and give your defense some time to catch their breath. And because we were in every game we lost, we were in at halftime. Every, every single one of them. I think even Pitt, we were within a, a couple of scores or something. Like, we weren't down 30, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, and then, and then adjustments get made on the other side. Yeah, and we, and we still coming out doing that sweeps. Like, bro, like, come on, dog. Like, this is big boy. And I, I see so many examples of I would tweet them. Like, the, the um when they inter- interviewed Jimbo Fisher or somebody, one of his coordinators, or the coordinator he was playing against, and they were like, there's three types of guys. There's guys who, who adjust on the fly, the guys who need to have time, and the guys who don't know what the hell happened until the film comes on Monday. Like, mm. these are college professional coaches saying this. So I'm not – like, this is true, bro. Like, you might be – which one are you? You know, like you did your poll today, you know what I mean? Like, which one are you two? Which one are you? If you had to guess if, – if the game is online, corn. Which which guy are you, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, man. You, know, you right? And you got to be able to like. I remember Coach Coach Beamer even like we had coaches change. Like he would bring in our coaches would go to other places and learn. They went to the Colts and learned some stuff. Uh, different coaches came to Blacksburg and watched us do stuff. And you know what I'm saying? Like just self. What do you call it? Self critique. You know, self-evaluate, yeah. like, yeah. don't self-scout. Like, bro, if you have a tendency, break your damn tendency, bro. If you if you came out every game running jet sweep, don't – because this is also where my perspective comes from, right? My senior year, we were the number one defense in the country. You want to know why we were the number one defense in the country? Because we were so prepared for what they were doing. Like, we knew what – like, that's why I say I would love to play our offense because – Bro, we would suffocate the hell out of our offense because I know your three plays. I know you're going to throw a fade. I know you're going to run a jet sweep. I know you're going to do a slant. And I know you're going to quarterback. I don't have anything else to worry about. So I can see on those four things. Like, we played Wake Forest, who won the ACC championship. We beat the shit out of them because, bro, like, this is gimmicky. The teams that gave us trouble were, you know, Georgia Tech, who was, like, they came out and schemed against us. We had a tendency to play a certain defense, and they came out and, like, shit, we knew y'all were going to be in this, and we beat you. That's the name yeah. of the game, bro. Like, like not letting them know what the hell, and we just, and if you do know, if they do know what you're going to do, be better, like, stop it. You know what I mean? And, and I just don't feel like our style of offense fits our identity in terms of, like, people are hype about these linemen. And about these running backs, and I'm like, bro, oh look at how many rushes 
Memphis had it went over a thousand yards, bro. Like, and 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 then get back to me about what you think is about to be Alabama 2.0. Like, nah, bro, we gonna do the same finesse ass shit. Like, until something somebody breaks it up and does something different, but. You know, I don't know man, that. The man yeah, speaking facts, man. The man speaking facts, man. I wish we could talk all day. Before we go, uh, you're a very intelligent brother. What's going on, Virginia, right now? Man, I, I think Virginia is similar to what President Trump is, right? Like, he is an example of – Virginia is an example of our country. President Trump yeah. is a reflection of our country. Like, he loves – Reality TV, we love, you know, loud, disrespectful. There's a law in the 48 Laws of Power, and I tweeted it out after um, after I got into all that shit about tweeting about tech. It's, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's the strategy that Trump used. You stir up the water to catch fish. So by me saying loud shit or this or that, bro, I had like 100,000 impressions on my Twitter account after that. But it just shows you that buffoonery and dumb shit kind of gets people's attention so you know trump is a reflection of it polarizes people you end up giving the same thing you don't want to discuss you end up discussing or you don't want to give attention to you end up giving attention to it you know what i'm saying so um i think virginia is who we are bro like we were the capital confederacy in richmond um you know we were one of the most we were confederate state we, I went to Jefferson Davis Middle School. Oh, like, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, bro, like, we are who we are. And, 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 and it was, none of that surprised none of us. I, and, and, and that doesn't mean I condone it. It just doesn't yeah. surprise me. Right? It didn't so, surprise me. But I also am one of those people that I'm like, all right, well, I done done a lot of shit in my life that I'm not proud of, right? So, like, I can't tell you I want some consequences for you. I wouldn't want if I was in that position. If I made a dumbass decision, I'd hope somebody would be like, bro, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Give me a second chance. Because Coach Demon did that shit to me on numerous occasions. I was suspended for six games in my career over the years. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so Coach Demon kept giving me, and I, I rewarded his good faith, right? Ralph Northam went out and gave 11,000 convicted felons their voting rights back. Like, he, he did something good out of it. And, um, not only that, but, like, Justin Ferguson came out and had his whole, I'm not going for this, this isn't da-da-da-da-da, and then his shit hit the fan. And it's like, bro, if you yeah. know you did some shit, stop yeah. telling people, or, or you know you have the potential to, like, fuck up, stop wanting people to lose their livelihood and lose their jobs, because that's bringing that energy right back to you. When you say fire that motherfucker, when you get in, that energy is coming right back to you, bro. So, like, people don't realize that, but that negative energy, you're actually reciprocating that or, or, or bringing that karma, that energy right back to yourself. So that's what's going on in VA. We are we are who we are. But as a country, we are who we are. Like, you know, you talk about people who wrote uh, All Men Are Created Equal and then had slaves and called them three-fifths of a human. Like, come on, dog. Like, we our, wow, our whole – our whole country is a contradiction. So I'm not going to get mad at nobody who kind even the Steve Harvey situation, like, bro, like I get both sides, bro. Like Steve Harvey, like, look, I, I got to feed my family. And yeah. Monique, like, fuck that. you know, and it's like, bro, I can't knock you for doing what you decide to do, but don't, you know, 
don't wish not, I, I'm, I, I don't like people who wish stuff on other people. Like, don't wish something on someone else that you wouldn't want to happen to you or your family or someone you cared about. You know what I'm saying? Because you may be in that position one day. And, you know, it's crazy. We forgot. I, my uncle's an OG. I know we got to get ready to go. But um, I said, what happened to – I remember growing up, I remember three things. Sticks and stones may, uh, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I remember mm-hmm. if you throw rocks, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. And I remember uh, if you point a finger, you got four pointing back at you. And somewhere along the MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram era, people have lost sight of those, like, proverbs. And, like, everybody's pointing fingers, everybody's throwing stones, and everybody is fucking offended by shit that somebody didn't even say to them. They tweeted it and just, like, bro, I didn't call you this. You know, I just tweeted it. Like, yeah. like why are you so hurt by it? something I tweet, like, get, like, come on, dog, like, it's, it's amazing to me, so, those are, that's my take on all that, man, so, you know, and I, I want to give you some props, too, man, because I think your, you know, your sports takes are, are, are very good, and I always tell people, man, they always, like, man, I don't know that, and I'm like, bro, you do know, you watch this shit, like, you know what you're saying, don't, I, you know, sometimes you do know just as much, like, as somebody else, and a lot of people. I, I appreciate it. Like, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, bro, like you know what you're talking about. You see what you see. You see what you see, bro. Don't let nobody tell you no different. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah. keep doing your thing and keep, you know, how did you become a tech fan and, and all that? Y'all, I gotta ask. Y'all, interview the real, real life. Y'all, y'all, that y'all oh, era, the Vix, you, the Jimmy Williams, I, the Peninsula was on fire. It was tech season. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man. So that's, that's why dope, a lot man. of the stuff I don't talk about, like pre Vic stuff, because I wasn't like, no, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. That's when I was coming up as a teen, and I grew up watching y'all. And you know what's crazy is we were dominating the state during that run, bro. Like, like, oh yeah, Ty, Ty's boy, and Gerard Mayo, like they went against the grain. You know what I'm saying? Like Percy. Yeah. They went against the grain. They were, like, the exception to, like, it didn't stay. You know what I'm saying? But, like, we were on fire in the state. And so many kids grew up fans of a tech, bro. And, like, I feel like that's what I'm worried about us getting too far gone. Because at some point, bro, we're going to be the old heads that don't nobody give a fuck about or remember. You know what I'm saying? And by that point, you've lost all your – don't nobody care about Cam no more. or you know, yeah, fly yeah, right. macho or like they gonna be like who who I never heard of these people I wasn't even born when they were born and if you don't cap if you don't strike while the iron is hot you know you if you keep having a carousel of coaches or losing season like bro you you could slip into becoming Maryland like I said you know what I'm yeah, saying like become Nebraska so you become Miami yeah Nebraska yeah. like Miami has a proud heritage. And they can't pick a, a good head coach to save their life. And they keep going through these ups and downs. And I think it has a lot to do. Like, I don't think Manny Diaz is going to be that good because I think he was on one – he coached one of the worst defenses in uh, Texas history. You know what I'm saying? Like, he and he used to be in TV. Like, fuck did you even come from, bro? Like, your dad is the mayor of Miami. Like, bro, you might be able to – like, you're going to be the – 
the hype. Y'all gonna have the hype, and then y'all gonna come out there and get to get, get punched mm-hmm. in the mouth. It, that you know, that's my take on it. Like y'all gonna have all the turnover thing, da 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 da, and like somebody like Clemson or Pitt. Well, Boston College, I love Boston College coaches. I know we got to get ready to go. Yeah, man. Hey, man, they had to get one of ours to uh, help his defense. He had oh, who did he end up? Right. Trevon Hill. He had to get, he had to get oh, one yeah. of ours. Yeah, he had to holler one of ours. You know who I love as a as an ACC football coach, bro? Uh, my guy from Boston College. Because uh, he, don't, he don't – Yeah, he don't make no excuses. He don't talk about he he gets a five he got a five star running back but he his team is disciplined they do their job they punch you in the mouth they they they're hard working you know and they remind me of what we kind of used to be you know what I'm saying like they develop their kids their their kids stay in school they get four year five year player you know what I mean like I love yeah. what he's doing oh and like he's gonna be the, the thorn and side of schools like Miami and UVA or yeah, you know they beat Miami. UNC. Yeah, they're gonna team. punch them in the mouth. Cause that's what we used to do. Like Miami would have all these Sean Taylors and Ke- Kellen Winslows and then they come into Blacksburg and like you gotta deal with like this white boy that came from the Blue Ridge Mountains who don't give a shit about none of that none five of that. star shit. Yeah, and that's why I hate these rankings is because you, you make these kids care about the wrong thing. They care about ranking and how they look. The ranking, the clout, how many followers yeah. they got, all that. Yeah, bro. Like, play football, bro. Line up. Because on, on Sunday, bro, on Saturdays, bro, none of that matters, bro. I don't care what your recruiting ranking was. I don't care where you from, where you high school. Nigga, can, can you play? And, and you know, what you about? Like, are you a punk? Are you going to lay down? Are you going to, you know what I mean? So that's why. I'm I'm so, you know, but I know that comes from a coach who understands that, right? Like, a lot of people, and I'll say this, a lot of people get Coach Beamer fucked up. I'll just say it flat out. They got Coach Beamer fucked up. Coach Beamer is a dog, bro. Like, Coach Beamer was, was, you know, like, he wants to beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not no, oh, gee, golly, sorry. You know, we, you know no, Coach Beamer wants to dog you, bro. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and, and he built a culture around toughness. Like, Coach Gentry, like, we used to do Ironman competitions, bro. Truck pushes, kicks, can't carries, and shit you saw on ESPN back in the day at 12 o'clock at night. Like, them Ironman yeah. dudes doing. We used to have the sumo wrestle. We used to have to wrestle each other, bro. Like, and, and there would be a champion at the end of that shit. And, like, I won it one year, but, like, that's that's the kind of stuff we used to do. That nowadays, we used to have to do bar hangs, bro, where we just hung on a, 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 a graded bar until our hands got red and like for like a minute and, and it just built mental toughness to the point where like i they hurt me so much that you on saturday bro a you gotta feel this shit and b you not gonna out tough me like when when shit hit the fan in the fourth quarter nigga you gonna quit i'm not quitting you know what i mean and i just don't think kids these days are being cultured that way and i don't blame them i blame the coaches people around them the people who, around yeah who, who have it like like we used to play chart with like tag bro like you know what i mean like stuff like that that you be like y'all used to play tag yeah we used to play tag like and you have to like keep away and juke somebody and like our strength coach made us do that and like you would think it was dumb until eddie royal makes somebody miss on you know what i mean you you know what i mean like or 
I know how to open field tackle Devin Hester because I've been trying to chase Eddie around in the strength room. All you know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff that people don't pay attention to. Like that's the secret sauce, bro. Not like oh, I see all these fans. Oh, we got this five star, four star man. Look, you know how many flops we had come through Tech that which were five star and soft as a baby's bottom. You know what I mean? So that stuff don't Maybe. matter, bro. Like yeah. as soon as you enroll. What you stars, about, bro? Stars go away. Yeah, bro. And like, I just, I just think that shit is, you know, ruined the game in a lot of ways. And I, I just want fans to remember, coaching, 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 and culture. They are the ones making four million dollars. So I don't want to hear my players didn't do this, didn't do, bro. You didn't do this. You didn't. Like you saw Sean McVay after the Super Bowl. I didn't. I got out coached. Yeah, because you don't have your culture is kind of – I think he's going to flame out because, like, eventually, bro, they're going to get tired of hearing all this, like, cool shit and, like, Lee's going to figure you out and then, you know, who's going to be your – who's going to police your locker room? Like, Bill Belichick has that locker room. He got Tom Brady scared. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah, the culture, right. bro. You know, like, like Steph Curry – Act like, you know, he treats it like it's his first. Like, the, the successful Popovich had Tim Duncan scared. Like, the, the, the Duke, you know, Coach K does that with his programs. Like, the best programs, bro, have culture. Like, stop we gotta, we gotta get this podcast to Fuente. He gotta hear this. We gotta get this, we gotta get this across this desert. I wish we he could made, keep he, talking, but we already passed an hour and some change. <laughs> but it, it, it was it's fun. been a pleasure talking to a legend. Not just a Hokie legend, but a Peninsula District seven five seven Virginia legend. Uh, can you add your Twitter plug, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Snapchat, all that for the people? Yeah, yeah. I just have Twitter, man. I don't even really do anything else. V r e n d e n h i l l, all one word. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. Um, holler at me on Twitter. I love engaging with people, man. I love debating people. I always like hearing other people's perspective because, once again, when you're trying to build yourself up or a business up, you need people who don't think like you. You, If everybody thinks like you, what's the point of even – you know what I mean? Like you, you got so many blind spots that you don't know you have because everybody looks at life the same way you look at life. Way. Exactly. We all come from different sides of the tracks. Yeah, so I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what whoever thinks. So hit me up. Tweet me. I hope this joint goes viral and does numbers. I'm gonna be like Takashi and say it's gonna be your most popular interview. Nah, but uh, it's definitely gonna be my most popular interview. Nah, man. But it was a good time, man. Y'all keep supporting um, your podcast, man. Don V Fridays, and you know, um, I can't wait to listen back to it. I know I was probably rambling like a motherfucker, but you it was fun. Man. People needed to hear them juice, some, some gems, man. But that's gonna do it for this week's Don V Fridays. Till the end, God bless.